Hello and welcome to the Life Laundry Podcast. I'm Gemma. Oh my God, what happened to the frightening hello that used to... Um, now it's all I like... The energy. I haven't not said this, this is your summer holiday welcome. Yeah. <laughs> hello. From we all hiding in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gemma and I were just talking, going straight in. Uh, yesterday was my husband's birthday and he loves parties he also he's just one of those people that really loves surprises he thinks that I don't like surprises I don't mind if I don't know about it just mean I don't I'm not good at the kind of I know a surprise is coming but I don't know what it is. It's not a surprise then, is it, Chippy? Well, no, if, if they're like, oh, be free on Saturday. Oh, no, no. I'm not good at that. I want to know. I want to know that I'm wearing the right thing. I want to know. I need to mentally prepare. But if I you need to have enough room, time, you need to have enough time to do enough nervous poos. I don't suffer with that, but good to know. <laughs> as someone who works with you, that I need to now be factoring that in. She has to have lunch at 11, at 12. No surprises because we need to factor in 40 minutes bathroom time. Uh, so um, he loves, but he loves a surprise, right? And we have this running joke that I once threw him a surprise party with his housemates. And for years afterwards, like I did most of the inviting. I got organised the beer. And for years afterwards, Joe's like, I can't believe those guys threw me a surprise party. And I was just like, yeah, they did all the stuff, Joe. It was nothing to do with me. Anyway, so I was like, right, I'm going to throw him a surprise party. And it go, and I've, I've got it all quite well organised. I've invited people. I've got his cousin who lives down the road in charge of beer, so that there's not loads of beer in the house. Joe was like, I'm going to go to the pub with my friend. And I was like, oh, but can we not just get a takeout and watch a movie? And because he's a really nice husband, he was like, okay. And I was like, Yay. So he, I made him cancel on his friend who knew about the party and was going. But if, if he, what would you have done if he, if he'd have gone? Because <laughs> this is what had happened in my world. But he'd have gone. Why are you so selfish? Why, why are you so selfish? It's my birthday, and then we'd have had a row, and it would have all gone wrong. Oh well, if he, but I knew he wouldn't. Right. Okay. But if he was that kind of guy because he was going for a drink with my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law is married to my sister and therefore I kind of control my brother-in-law as well, then <laughs> I'd have just said, you need to, you need to go to the pub, you need to have a drink and then you need to get him back to the house. And that would have happened. Uh, poor brother-in-law, I do not have any control of him whatsoever, I should add. Um, and... I mean, he had quite a good day because I'm not going to go into it anyway. So we get the I, he takes the boys out to the park to play Ghostbusters for an hour, and I'm like, great, I can tidy the house. So I tidy the house, I clean it, and I think if he's suspicious, I'll just say, look, usually you clean while I do bath time. Now you don't have to; you can just sit down and choose a movie. So they come back, we get the kids in the bath. People are due to arrive at seven forty-five. It's seven o'clock. Kids are in the bath. The house is tidy. I say to Joe, why don't you go downstairs and choose a movie? And he's like, oh, okay. And I think, God, this is, I'm pretty much nailing this. Then I hear my elders say, mummy, mummy, we can't switch off the tap. So I go in and I have a look and the cold tap's on full. And I think their little weakling arms can't do it. No, it turns out that the screws come away. 
so there's a plastic attachment so a metal screw and that's sheared off so the tap's on full and I think we've done this before Joe and I have done this before we know what we're doing this is fine part of me thinks this is quite good distraction technique from the party it's going to while away the 20 or so minutes before people start arriving we just need to take the panel off the bath the side of the bath go in underneath isolate the tap boom we're pretty good at that sort of thing anyway taking the panel off the bath takes 25 minutes that panel's not going back on the bath he basically just had to like hulk smash it off so this took 25 minutes he's really sweaty i'm thinking like shit what if we can never get this panel off panel comes off and we're both like good perfect get get the flat nose screw, screwdriver can we switch off the tap no no Gemma. no we can't people start arriving joe comes downstairs with his screwdriver all sweaty and he's because he's joe i'd have been like fuck i'm sweaty i smell there are strange people in my house they're not strange there's friends i didn't invite randoms and whereas joe was like way party this is so exciting and uh they have a few drinks and then i send him and his most muscular friend upstairs and they still can't do it so we just have to keep switching the water off at the mains and then if people need to like wash their hands or something switching it back on because the fucking tap in the boys bathroom is running still not fixed i have there's no happy ending to this story i've just it's got not fixed oh it was no. yesterday wasn't it oh my god what yeah. did you, do? Have you, have you called a plumber we got the plumber yeah we called the plumber uh our plumber is vague i'm gonna say he's vague he didn't he was <clears throat> i feel like this should come with a trigger trigger warning covid he was fixing a, a our shower just before Christmas and he was supposed to come on like 21st, 22nd, 23rd say and he didn't come on the 22nd because he had a cold came on the 23rd and 24th my mum was supposed to be coming to stay with us but obviously she didn't because that was made illegal anyway so he came back on the 23rd and was like oh sorry I wasn't here so I had a cold but it's just a cold don't worry and I was like fine fine and then we didn't, and then he fixed it and blah, blah, and then we didn't hear from him for weeks. And then it, something was still wrong with the shower. So we kept messaging him. And then eventually he was like, oh, sorry, I had COVID. And I was just like, but, but you said it was just a cold. And my, if my mother had been coming to stay and we'd killed her, which we, you know what I mean? It was just that moment where I was like, this is very casual. You've this very. There was no like, guys. I came into your house. like we were we were being fairly distanced. He he came in the front door, walked straight ahead into the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? I was quite distant mm. because of the whole COVID situation at Christmas, which was quite full on at the time. But I was just like, I think you, I think you sort of when you realise you've got it and you've been into people's houses, you probably text them and say. Or do you not? Well, well it was just the months afterwards where he was like, it turns out I did have COVID. If you test positive, you can only test positive. So you get, so 
I can't remember the time of events like when we could do testing. I don't think they were giving. So if you've done an official PCR test, then when you do the PCR test, you have to fill out who they've been in contact with and then track and trace, not the app. The contact people will contact you. So he mustn't have told anyone. He must have just got, oh, I didn't, I didn't get him coming from. Well, his wife, he was like, yeah, my wife was really ill, but I don't believe in hospitals. So I wouldn't take her. They're not a figment of your imagination. Yeah, so I wouldn't take her in, but you they kill you in hospitals. And I was like, oh, okay. Joe, I got all this through Joe because once people start talking like that, uh, Joe has to basically lock me in a cupboard because otherwise I'd still be on the doorstep now. He'd be like, I've been trying to leave for six months. And I'm like, no, we're not done. So, uh, yeah. So he'll be around at some point, hopefully, to fix it. But having been really like, there's something really stressful about a tap that won't switch off. And having been in a situation before where it's the hot tap and we didn't know where the main switch was. This time I was like, it's the cold tap. We know how to switch the water off. We know how to fix this. I'm being super calm to being like, right, everyone's now arriving. <laughs> there's still water coming out of the tap anyway luckily that kind of thing doesn't really stress joe out so that's what fun. happened to me on boxing day um we were due to fly to america that day <gasps> and um so boxing day due to fly to america um it was also sunday mm-hmm. and the, the there was a water leak before the stop taps we couldn't even turn it off uh, so it was coming into the kitchen at full mains pressure <laughs> and my i got we were there at end terrace and i got all of our neighbors I, how they came out on sunday boxing day it's quite early in the morning it was like half eight we were like filled with christmas spirit probably bailing out the, my kitchen with pans oh my god anyway we managed to turn it off we um the our next door neighbor said don't worry we'll sort out a dehumidifier go 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 to america no. why is that we we were due to go the day before we were due to go to france and i was really pregnant no i wasn't mm, hang on no it was when i was really ill uh so i had this awful gut thing so i was being sick quite a lot and packing to go to France with a baby and two toddlers and uh, all of that pre-holiday stuff. And we wake up and we, you know, that awful thing where I was like, oh, there's a fire alarm going off. There's a fire alarm going off. That's in our house. And so Joe springs from the, from the bed, runs downstairs, and I just hear him shouting, shit. And I was like, fuck the fire alarm's going off. Our dog's sleep in the kitchen. The fire alarm's in the kitchen. He's shouting shit. And I ran downstairs and a hot pipe had burst above the kitchen and had just come through the ceiling. And there was like a swimming pool of water. And I was just like, why is it before holiday? So luckily, like someone came out and isolated that pipe and it wasn't, but it was just like, why, why the day before holiday? Mm when you even if they were like yeah we can come out in three days time you go i'm in france in three days time i'm being sick i can't Mm. why is it did you enjoy america or were you slightly like "Mm." no that's fine 
fine once I got there. Um, what was I going to say? Start talking of COVID. So I've got a story. Yes, I have many stories. Okay. Actually, story time. Story time with Gemma Brain, Corinna Howard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so walk to the train station. I've decided that my house couldn't be any more perfect. Oh, <laughs> hands up. Who's on team slap Gemma? I know. I've, oh, Gemma's on team slap Gemma. I also put my hand up there. No, so our house is like in the countryside. But Sometimes three, I wonder if my life minutes, would be three any more perfect. To the train station and then in 25 minutes in London Bridge. But still not seeing me. Just still not seeing you. Listen, so I really fell in love. So this is the first time I've been to London in ages. If, if you came to pick up the cat, drove past my house, oh. if... I could get in the car. Oh, I was too late now. I was going to say if I auditioned for a part in the chorus of Joseph, and then waved at you from the stage, how weird would that be? I'd be like, shut up, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I just I don't know. Still can't do your accent. <laughs> Does everybody stop? Just turn the lights on. Is that chiffy? <laughs> Is that choppy in the front row? No, so so I had um, a, I'm quite anxious about things. I hate being late for stuff. Really? Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> Brand new anyway, so I was getting myself in a right flat yesterday morning. I triple checked the journey, and you know, a yeah, of you days, are um, a prompt. You are like an arrive on time, be in the right yeah, place, check my journey kind of person. Going to London because I was used to it, but because I'm not used to it. I was just like, oh, okay, and then I go to Charing Cross, and then I walk from Charing Cross, <laughs> and even Johnny, I'm, I'm stressing Johnny out. Anyway, so we're walking to the station, and Mike phones me. He's like, "Babe, have you checked your tickets? No, don't like the way this conversation is starting." Yeah. Like, he said, "Have you read the small print? Have you have you taken your COVID tests? Have you got your t- COVID tests in the handbag?" I'm like. Didn't read it. Didn't read it. I was too busy stressing and creating non-existent problems to actually address the real problem. Oh yes, my god! The real situation in the room. So, luckily, because we're so close, we had a, and because I am who I am, I'd left twenty-five minutes to walk a five-minute walk. So we had like twenty minutes hanging around the station. Mike dropped off three tests. So we were on the train, which was full because it was the summer holidays. You all right? Joe's bringing me my breakfast. Thanks, babe. Oh, my God. What have you got? Two hard-boiled eggs because I'm a pie. You're a pie? I'm a fatty bumbassi, so just have my, my two hard-boiled eggs. I'm going to mute myself whilst you tell us this lovely story. He brought the t- tests, and I got on the train, and it was full because, obviously, it's some holidays. It was the first off-peak. Hello, doggy. First off-peak train. Um. And I saw the guard and I was like, we need a, we need a, a, a table seat. There's four of us. We all need to take COVID tests so that we can get into the theatre. And he said, I'll oh, just sit in, sit in first class. I won't charge you. Okay. So off we go, off we try into first class, um, which was lovely. Because um, But no different to standard class. You just get a little doily on you. On Do you head. remember? Yeah. Do you remember when we went first class? Yes, I do. You promised me the moon on a stick. <laughs> Look at this beautiful virgin train. And I'm thinking, why are tickets so cheap? 
And then, then there was this old like Thomas the Tank Engine rickety one next to it in the station, and that was us. <laughs> that was so funny. Anyway, so doing a COVID test on a moving train. Not, not, not easy, really. Anyway, so three negative tests. I had my COVID pass anyway on my phone, so that it went. didn't ask for them. Didn't ask for the tests. Didn't ask for the fucking tests. And we got there, and I, I wasn't really didn't know what to expect. It, it said, please wear masks. Blah blah. blah. Please do a test. Blah, blah blah. Nobody was wearing masks. Well, mm. I'd say percentage-wise, 85% of people were not wearing masks. Full capacity theatre, no social distancing. So we went in at the deep end. So like, mm. for the first three minutes, I'm like, am I happy with this? There's a good chance I'm going to catch coronavirus sitting. Am I happy with this situation? Um, and I just... I decided I was happy with the situation because I stayed there and we had our masks on, but we felt, I felt unusual in a mask. That makes sense. Like I felt like. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had that yesterday when I went on the tube and I was like, a lot <clears throat> more people wearing them on the tube and my tube station is an outside tube station. It's not one that you go down into. So I always put it on before I walk into the tube station. And then I got up onto the platform and I was like, I'm the only person wearing a mask. It was really hot. It was outside. So I did take it off because I was outside. Outside. And there's one of like three people on the platform. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I can take this off and not feel like a dick. And then I was like, but I am putting it on to go on the tube, whereas the other people didn't put it on to go on the tube. And I was just like, oh, now I feel like mm. I feel like the odd one out in my isn't mask. It in- isn't it interesting? And like, it was it, it was it was so lovely yet very weird all at the same time i actually took a picture of it and sent it to mike of like a what a full capacity crowd looked like you know and it looked odd yeah but it's weird how quickly people bounce back but also mm. um my thing with masks and i don't want to get into a whole debate about masks is it a I've seen, mask I've, debate <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the tiktok haven't you oh, that's been my joke for about since oh. i was 15 why what tiktok's that there's a tiktok about I, i'm ready for a mask debate no. <laughs> <laughs> um is for all your they don't do anything they don't do anything there's two things i'd like to say one, if masks don't do anything, why have surgeons worn them for years? Like, sir, there's a reason surgeons wear masks. I was presumed that you couldn't smell their coffee breath. No. Well, you hopefully, when they're operating on you, are not able to. Mm. That would be weird if you were like, I, the operation went well, but I had this pervading feeling of coffee breath. <laughs> um, no, it's so that anything you know doesn't drop into the person's innards or Chewing just like false teeth well no like crowns cigarettes <laughs> it's more like viruses <laughs> anyway 
so there's that so I'm a bit like you know if, if it if they bother doing it surgically then it's fine um and also if people sneeze on you would you rather they just sneeze directly onto you or had a hanky oh yeah if, if someone pissed on you oh. would you rather they pissed on you through their trousers or just directly onto you naked that's someone the way I look at it someone did wee on me once at a Coldplay concert they weed on my leg I mean we could go into a whole wee story I've been to festivals I've been literally knee deep in the back of a you're I turned around and I was like, you dirty fucker. And he was so drunk, he hadn't even realised he'd weed. Mm. No, not all. <laughs> oh, I, do, do you know what? It reminds me of this time where, for, for a time in my teenage years, well, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, for, for my entire life, I was friends with a group of boys and we'd go to the pub every Friday and Saturday night and we were kind of a weird crew of people because <clears throat> one of them was an alcoholic so we went there pre him getting sober and then after him getting sober so for this bit he wasn't drinking so he wasn't drinking I would be driving so I wouldn't be drinking or my other friend would be driving so he so it wasn't like we were getting shit-faced we just like going to the pub and we were all sitting outside in this pub and all all pretty much sober and this really drunk woman comes outside and there are picnic benches outside this pub it's in town so it's like cobbled floor you know, do, you know, you, do you know what I mean like the back of a the back of a pub not a pub garden where you've got pub on four sides of you and you're just in like a cobbled courtyard and this really drunk woman she's like straddling the bench with her face on her arm on the on the table and we're like oh dear poor pissed woman is she okay um and then we just hear the sound of rushing water and she's just pissing so there's so many as as a woman I think the boys laughed that they were 17 or something but as a woman I was like oh my god not only is she pissing herself she's pissing herself in front of a load of men she's pissing through her pants and her skirt do you know what I mean like there was just so many things about it and and I would love to say that I gallantly got up and took her to the loo and but I didn't I I just sat there like we all just sat there horrified and then she moved she left and we were like okay that was weird and then later when we came out of the pub and we were walking up the high street, we saw her with her friends and she had like her arms around her friends and they were having a nice time. And I just was like, did they know? Like, she must have smelled of wee. Yeah, but she was wearing really, knickers off. She was wearing a really short skirt. So I don't know if she'd sort of pissed through her pants, but missed her skirt. And therefore it kind of wasn't as bad or whether they were just so pissed they didn't notice. And I just sort of was like, my God, have I ever been on a night out with my friends? And one of them's like pissed herself (laughs) and we haven't noticed. Or have I pissed myself and forgotten? No, because I never used to get very drunk. But like, it was just this really, and it stuck with me because it was just so awful. It wasn't like a small pee. It was like full on, I've been drinking for hours. 
And if not, this is I've broken the seal. I've bro- breaking the seal, Pete. Exactly. <laughs> On to cobblestones with <laughs> in this tiny courtyard with loads of us just being like, what is happening? What is happening? I've never, I've never to date. I mean, there mm. is time. There's always time. I've never wet myself on a night out. I've never wet myself. I do have those dreams. You know when you say, say people say to you, if you dream you're having a wee, you're wetting yourself. Yeah, I've. that's the last time I remember pissing the bed. When yeah, I, was I always dream that I'm wee, weeing, but I never wee. Oh, yeah, that you're trying to wee. No, that I am I, Oh, no, I have anxiety dreams, but they're not weird. They're not like my standard anxiety dreams. But I have dreams where I'll be like at this really awesome party or I'm looking at houses or I'm having a really nice time. And what's so annoying is the dream's always really nice. So the one that I'm thinking of specifically, there's this amazing house party. I fucking hate house parties, but I'm loving this one. So everyone I love, everyone I know, I'm at the sweet spot of being drunk. Everything's great. And bam all of a sudden I'll just be trying to find a loo <laughs> and I'll be like trying to find a loo or I'll be trying to sit down on the loo but people keep walking in and then eventually I'll wake up and be like oh no okay I need to go to the loo in my dream I'll be like no 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 you're dreaming you're dreaming wake up you need to go for a pee because I'll just be like why do people keep walking in on me in the loo at this party what is that dreams I've got a book about dreams okay what's it say party I love dreams um, I don't. I, I don't know. Do you have um, you ever have you ever dreamt about your house being completely destroyed? No. Attics. No. Well, let me see if wee's in the index. Lions. I dream quite often about lions. Weeing. Will they will they put weeing or would it would it be urinating? Mm. What would you put if you were putting it in a toilet? No, toilet, toilet, to- toy, toilet, searching for a toilet, 106 to 107. Does it not mean you need a wee in real life? Searching for the toilet. Mm. We all must use the toilet for natural elimination of body waste. <laughs> waste yeah, is a metaphor for our, so listen, this is important. Your waste matter is in your dreams is a metaphor for your psychological urine and feces, the stored material influencing our responses to life. This dream illustrates a need for release. Right. So there's the separate. Okay. Are you, are you angry in your search? Do you feel angry? No. Because you cannot find one. There's no safe space. Sort of like people keep walking in. Does that count as no safe space? You're either frustrated looking for a toilet or you're embarrassed. Like, oh, I need to, like, embarrassed that I'm going to wet. Yeah. Or you're, it's more primal. No, I'm probably frustrated. Okay, so number one. In your dream, you're feeling frustrated and angry, but you cannot find a toilet. There is no safe place to release your feces. So you hold the movement in while... There's no feces involved. All right, urination. So, okay. well, well, you so you um, hold on to your movement, and um, whilst your frustration builds up, they say action. Ask yourself why the need to hold back your anger and frustration in real life. Find out what it's all about and decide to release it. 
Is it because everyone tells me that I'm a very angry person, therefore I try and hold it in so that I appear less angry than I actually am? You're in a house, so I I find dreams fascinating. I always... But I had this dream, like, six years ago. Oh, well, then this not applicable to, to now. No, 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 no. But I dream about lions quite, lions. like... I dream about lions, like, once a month. Lions, here we go. One eight. One eight. Lions. Um, are they roaring? Sometimes. Are they are they in your house? Are they out? They're trying to get in my house. Okay. If you see a lion, yeah. Represents an intruder. Which is interesting because several of your anxiety dreams are intruders coming into your house. Yeah. So it's either intruders or lions. Yeah. So lions represent an intruder. A young male lion. I mean, I don't ask them their date of birth. So a lion. So, so it's like a male. So think about it. A male lion coming into mm. your pride. So invading your pride. Yeah. Okay. You're protecting your pride. Um, so action. Does the lion survive? Yeah, it's a fucking lion. Well, yeah, my dad can't shoot a gun in this because, I don't know, years in the military shooting stuff doesn't... So it says, the lion actually represents an instinctual part of you. (laughs) No, you Rolly, not sexually. (laughs) Okay. Um, So it says, like, so it says... It's very difficult. You have, it's difficult. Reflect on how you think yourself could be trying to invade or be negative and negatively affect your pride. Okay. Not okay. your personal pride, but your my pride of life. Um, I just uh, how wonderful because this segues perfectly. <laughs> I love a segue. Well, um, the song that has been going around my head all morning. Any dream will do. do, 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 do. Any so you went to see Joseph. Dream about certain. Um. So Joe is called Joseph. Joe's called Joseph. Joe's called Joseph. His mother was very, very Catholic. He is called Joseph for religious reasons. And he is technically an only child, even though he's got two half brothers. And they're kind of obsessed. Well, he's got like these biblical plates. They're horrible, like desperate to smash them. But scenes from the Bible with Joseph involved. And he like Joseph. And so we sing a lot of Joseph and we sing a lot of Joseph, Pharaoh's number two. And my mum just finds this hysterical. Anyway, so when you were like, we're going to see Joseph, I almost said, can you, can you take my Joseph? Because he'll get really overexcited. And so we sing, sing the songs from Joseph in our house quite often. Well, what was um, funny is I said to <laughs> Johnny, Johnny leaned over probably about a good 15 minutes in and goes, is this a musical? <laughs> <laughs> 
Johnny comes out with, we always say we'll write a book about Johnny-isms. Like he comes out with some amazing, like, he just says what's amazing. I'll never forget when we went to, only recently, like probably about three years ago, we went to KFC and he went, can I have a chicken leg end, please? He He thought the chicken legend was like the leg end part of the chicken. Which makes sense. And then at the interval, I said to Bennett, are you, are you enjoying it? He went, oh, yeah, it's amazing, it's amazing. And I went, do you know what's happening? No. <laughs> no idea. Following along. This? Are you following along with the story? He went, is there a story? I was like, yes. Listen to the narrator. She's telling you what's happening. <laughs> so it I, is really complicated, though, isn't it? But and like, weird. I don't remember the sex scene. There was this weird sex scene. Oh, where, they try, where she's trying to get Joseph... That's how he yeah. falls out with Potiphar. Yeah. Potiphar but... was cool and so fine, but his wife would never tell the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they had this massive rug, like this tiger rug. Yeah. That they crawl under, and you just see, like, you know, like, do you, have you ever played Sims? No. Oh, Chippy. You've never played Sims. You have never. No, I can't do that sort of thing because I I will. Of laundrettes will collectively be gasping at this point. (gasps) I just, I can't do that sort of thing. I have quite an addictive personality, and I need to live my life. I can't. Well, anyway, in Sims, like if they like are making a baby or whatever. Making a baby. that's That's what it's called. You can choose to make a baby. Oh, and then like it's all like it's it, all, it all blurs out, and you'll just see an arm or like a leg, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, does it always make a baby? I think so. I can't remember. Well, that's not very lifelike, is so it? It was a bit like it was a bit like that. They went under this big rug, and told yeah, them, this is awkward. It's a family show, like that. And every now and again, she'd stick her head out and go, Whoo, like that, and it would. <laughs> it was like very, very. But the whole point is, they're not supposed to actually have sex. He fends her off. No, because there's no fending. She she came out looking very happy. She came back out from under the rug looking very quite happy. And he sort of came out zipping up his fly. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not how it happens. I think Joe sat next to Tim Rice once. I don't know who that is. He writes the words for Joseph. Okay. Or he didn't write, write the words for Joseph. That make the whole world sing. That was them. He I writes write sometimes. The words, I write the words. That is a song. Right. I write the words that make the girls cry or something. I he. He is like the he writes with Andrew Lloyd Webber, but I don't think he did do Joseph or he did something. But anyway, Joe managed to sit next to him at a dinner party and say say insult and insult him, and afterwards was told who he was and was like, "Fuck." Go go go, Joe's if you know what they say. Go go Joe's if you make it one day. Go go Joe's, you're doing fine. fine. You and your dreams. I feel like we haven't sung in an episode in ages, and now there's like it was just so, and I just got so excited. I was like crying and like so exciting. I could just Tom eye rolling three seats away. Well, when Jason Donovan, I said to say to the boys, now boys, I am going to warn you when Jason Donovan comes out, I will scream. 
if you see some knickers that look like mummies landing on Jason's head, just ignore it. And he came out and Ben was sat next to me. Ben just was like, no, mum, 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 no, no. And he just <laughs> slid down his chair and I'm going. <laughs> he never did it for me, Jason Donovan. Neither me, I'm never really into blondes, but I just got so excited. And, and he just looks so old, not, not old in a bad way, I'm not being mean, but he, he looks, he's obviously aged. No, but that, this is the thing is that we, I've got to the stage now where people look old, not in a bad way, but, but yeah. the thing is that's shocking about it is it reflects on you. <laughs> so like when you see the cast of Friends at the Friends reunion and they all look old. And um, some of it. Yeah, some questionable plastic surgery, but I think uh, Schwimmer is a very good example because I don't think he has had anything done. Uh, I think he looked very bloated, like he had had. Some- no, that's the triangle of youth. It's because your face drops. So that's just what happens. The triangle of youth in beauty is that when you're young, you look like wider at the top and pointier at the bottom because gravity hasn't done its thing and you've still got all your collagen and stuff. And then as you age, the triangle goes the other way. So you're pointier at the top and then you're more jowly and more, you know, your cheeks drop and everything. (laughs) So I just assumed I didn't look very closely, but because of that, I was like, Oh my God, Shrimmer's got the triangle of youth thing going on. And how old does that make me? Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, fuck, you don't think... The only one... Oh, no, the one who's aged the best is LeBlanc. And I know everyone says he's fat, but I don't no, care. No, I, like, I, I like a man with a I think, chunk. I think he ha- yeah, I think he's lovely and he has aged... He's, he's embraced... He's aged really well. He's the sort of person, Lincoln- if you put him on a treadmill 30 minutes a day for a couple of months, that would come right off. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow's aged well, I think. Uh, she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's but she fun. was She's she was also the oldest when they were filming. Was she? By a fair she whack, I think. To be Rachel, didn't she? Did she? I knew. No, I thought Monica. I don't. I mean, I can't. I don't know if that's come from a record. Or I probably read it in Miz or something like that. I, I miss Miz. Um, but yeah, it was just weird. He had hairy legs. He just looked like a dad, you know. He just. And at one point, he got down on his knee to do like he was dancing, and he got up and he went, oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> and I, was like, I know that feeling, Jason. I Do you know what I found? That's just made me think about aging and segueing back into COVID. I was thinking last night, I was like, oh, did Joe is Joe showing any signs of his extra year? And I thought, no, but what was really interesting last night was I went to bed, my house stank of cigarette. Everyone was smoking outside. But it like we have big back windows that were open. And I was like, God, last time we had a party at this house, there were no smokers. Everyone had given up. You get to the age where you have young kids and you're getting into your 40s and people have just given up. And then I think lockdown, everyone's like, fuck it. The world's going to hell in a handcart. Might as well have some nicotine while I'm doing it. I was so surprised. I mean, I obviously smoked because I've got the... Uh, I've got the whatever it's called of a small baby rabbit. Right, what's been your positive for the week? Chip, 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 ch
I, I felt like I succeeded at Joseph's birthday. He had secret salted caramel brownies, secret party. I designed him some trainers. My mum gave him my dad's watch. He's not going to yeah. is he? No, he, he's, he's a watch wearer and his watch right. broke a couple of years ago and he couldn't afford to replace it. And yeah, so he was, so I was like, shit, he's, he's not got very many presents because everything was expensive and I'm not working and I knew I was getting hit pizza for all his friends. But I was like, God, it's really quality over quantity. And I think that's really nice. Mm-hmm. But also as a special present to him, I went to the physio. <laughs> so he had to look after his kids. Um, and the physio signed me off. I don't have to go back for six weeks to my physio. I've nearly got full movement back. I don't have to go back to her for six weeks. I could have said I wasn't going back to her at all, but I feel like if I am going to see her in six weeks, it will make me carry on doing my physio. Whereas mm-hmm. if I was like, I'm not coming back, then I'd just be like, mm-hmm. give up. And I don't want, I, I want it to be as good as possible because the first three months after you break something is the like window for ultimate flexibility. So that is great and she was like it's nine weeks since she did it and I thought that's pretty amazing considering yeah in the 90s and 80s if you broke a bone you were in plaster for at least six weeks and then everything started so technically I'd be on like week three of physio and I instead I'm basically back to normal with a whopper scar so that's my positive. What's your positive of the week? Can I have two? I've had two, so let's let you have two. Did you have two? Oh, yes, you did. I did. Josephine's birthday successes, all yeah, about me, so... and physio. Okay, so you can't see it. You can't see it in this light. Anyway, my very, very good friend is also my hairdresser, right? And for about three years, I've been saying to her, I need, I need, to, I need you to help me to embrace my grace. And she was like, no, no. I'm not doing it I'm not doing yeah, it yeah because in locked first lockdown you were like I'm doing it I'm going grey yeah but and I, then I you went and saw her and you were like she, she's not she won't let me do it like yeah I, 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 I trust like I only trust certain people with my hair I've had so many bad hair experiences that yeah that I, I, I need to be like able to talk to someone anyway I managed to convince her to do it so what she's done we, we are we are stay we are in phase one so she's changed my base colour it wasn't yeah. warm. She's changed it to cool. And then I really got, like that on you. Yeah, I do. And then I'm really excited because she's then put some, you see, yep. up here. She, she's taken some bits and bleached them. But because it's going to take quite a long, they, some of them are picked up grey, but some yeah. are still quite like blondie. So she's toning them. Yeah. Um. So I really like it. Yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't work so out when. Excited. What? so excited about like genuinely so excited I couldn't work out what was different about your hair when we came on and it is the cool tone and I really like the cool cool tone on you yeah Yeah. so um that's that and the second is that I um I'm the sort of person that never takes I do believe in hospitals just so that we know but um but I I very rarely take any type of painkillers and very very rarely go to the doctor unless it's absolutely necessary but I did go I finally admitted defeat and I went to the osteopath. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. What? What did the osteopath say? Because you were really struggling. Mm. So, 
apparently I've got a really high pain threshold, which I was like, I came out of the feeling like the headmistress had given me a gold star. Yeah, I love it. Nothing makes me happier than when people tell me I have a high pain threshold. Like, I'm like, yeah, I do. Should, this should be really hurting what I'm doing now. And I was like, it's tickling. <laughs> anyway, so she said that I'd strangulated a ligament or something right. in my sacroiliac joint. Right. Yeah. My left side. So she was doing lots of manipulation. Um, and she also said that, I said, so, so it was my bum muscles and my hamstrings are so toned, <sighs> overtoned my arse muscles. Which oh, amazing. They're everything a bit wonky. Yeah. I only ever train my legs and bum. I don't do any core work. So she told me off. It's Why all, don't you do any core work? Because it's so boring. It's just boring. It's oh, boring. no, I find that the most interesting. Oh, okay. So um, my body's out of whack. I've got a really tight core for me I never do I never do bum and legs because I'm like cardio I walk the dogs a lot I'm like that will do whereas my core I'm like that's going to help my pelvic floor that's going to help when I'm old that's going to help so that so I've got to go back again on Tuesday when that's it she's going to sign me off it's a lot lot better than it was she's a lot of manipulation and it was so nice she was like you should be in pain I was like look so you say this really often. I've got three kids. This is like a full body massage. This yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. This is just basically a deep tissue massage that I'm having right now. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm going to start doing Pilates a couple of times a week to focus on my core. I um, have always been told I've had a really high pain threshold. And when I broke my wrist, all of the doctors, when I was like, are we sure it's not just a sprain? And they were like, are you not in incredible amounts of pain? And I was like, yeah, it really hurts. But like, so does loads of stuff. And so they were all like, wow, you're a machine. And I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah, and then my physio. I, I am the Terminator. Because I'm really squeamish about the scar and the metal plate. In, uh, like I'm, I'm, I've got a high pain threshold, but I'm quite squeamish about that kind of thing. My physio was like, have you got a really low pain threshold? And I was like, no, don't make me take you into any and ask them. Don't make me, because they pulled my hand back into it and I didn't even wince. And she was like, okay. And then she was like, so, I mean, you could do more, but if it's hurting you too much. And I'd be like, look, we will. I will take, I'm happy to book an appointment with you and take you into A&E. We can wear our masks. We'll be very set. But then we can find the people who pulled it back in. And she's like, okay <laughs> yeah so just... I came back I came back and Mike was like I had to go I've got a high pain threshold all of those times when you took the mickey out of me you can't do it anymore I can't do it anymore because I'm like I am like a machine yeah <laughs> that's the best bit of my week <laughs> so really the best bit of your week was the high pain threshold yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just the back. I'm so pleased though because you woke up and had a bad back and you talked about it on stories and then like the next day or the day after I was like how's your back thinking because you know how sometimes you just sleep funny or you've done something the day before and it just needs time or you'll then move somehow and it will click release it yeah Yeah. and you're like it's still really bad and I was like oh because there's nothing it's really exhausting I feel dizzy I felt dizzy and a little bit drunk it was weird yeah horrible Anyway, nerve stuff that, is horrible. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, look at her. Oh, hello. Oh, before we go, my, my hairdresser, that was her chihuahua. <gasps> so small. How does she not tread on it, though? That was a problem. It was a problem. Yeah. 
we also could we decided that Milo the cat couldn't be anywhere near it because he's caught bigger rabbits yeah um and so when the cat came in she picked up this little puppy and just put him down her top <gasps> in her bra and he just went to sleep and then he oh. woke up and he started crawling around it <laughs> oh how many weeks was it um 10 11 weeks oh god tiny it was just so cute but too small for too small for me so yeah I would fit on it Oh, we kept weirdly we kept meeting dogs like that in the park when I first got Magda and they'd be like oh ours is a puppy it's only three months and I'd be like so's mine <laughs> and they'd all look at me like I was the crazy lady walking a donkey in the park they'd all just be like okay I was like no it really is look at its puppy teeth it's a tiny puppy it's my baby dog um right well till next week until next week say goodbye Gemma Done. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.